morning. It's great being here with you this morning. It's such an honor to um, lead this church and uh, just uh, we're humbled. Brandy and I are humbled to lead you. Thank you for coming week in and week out and trusting us with your lives and trusting us with your friends' lives and the, the people that you've been bringing into this space to encounter the gospel. And so thank you so much for doing that. And uh, we, we love this church. We love you. Um, it's, it's literally uh, our life. And that's why we moved down to San Antonio. This is our life. Um, it's our family. Um, it's our kids. And it's this church. And so um, it's such an honor to be here with you this morning. Uh, I announced this first service. Um, Candace Curry was here first service. Um, she's not in here second service, but she's going to be um, speaking at our women's luncheon. She wrote a book called The Con Man's Daughter. It is an amazing, phenomenal book, and um, we're going to have it available at our women's luncheon. She actually is featured on the 700 Club, which will be showing um, tomorrow during noon, the noon hour at the 700 Club. And it's really cool because they came and they filmed, and they were at Luminous filming that. And so just really exciting to see see that and see what God's doing in the people of our church. And I know that God's doing things in you and God's using your gifts. And we, we hope that we can celebrate and honor those as well. But we're just praying that, that God would use her story, the story of forgiveness in that book. I'm telling you, um, you can't stop reading that book. And this is a shameless plug. She's not even in here. And so this is not for her. It's for you. It's an incredible book, incredible story of God's love and grace and the power of forgiveness. So I encourage you to go to that women's brunch and grab that book. We will have them available. We're also in a Purple Book Challenge, and I'm not trying to make this up front a lot of announcements, but the Purple Book Challenge has been really fun for us. We've been asking everybody to do the Purple Book during our Unshakable series. We're on week five of our Unshakable series. Today we're going to talk about hunger. What does it mean to be hungry? Everybody say hungry. What does it mean to be hungry? And so if you're in your purple book, you should be on chapter five in the purple book. And there's still time to catch up. So grab a purple book. Do that. It, it's life changing and life giving. Uh, what I love about the purple book. I was talking to Justin about this at our guest tent. And I just said, you know what I love about this? It's not a man's opinion. Uh, the purple book is, is not a commentary or devotional. Um, it, it can be a part of your devotional life. But what it does, it takes you to the scripture and lets scripture speak for scripture. Let's the word of God speak for the word of God. And, and that's what we call it the Bible. The Bible just means book, but we call it the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible means it means that that it is breathed out by God and his spirit, that all those words are alive and active. And, and everything should line up with the Bible. Everything should stand on the Bible. The Bible can stand on its own. It has the authority of God behind it, and it can stand on its own. So next week when we do Engage the Spirit and we start stepping out into spiritual gifts and we start prophesying one another, I'm going to tell you, that prophecy is not greater than the Bible that you have, the Holy Bible, and it should line up with that. Um, it should come into alignment with that, and we pray that it does. And, and God loves to encourage you. He loves to encourage you. Did you know that the Holy Bible that he has given us is his love letter to humanity? It's his love letter. You want to know how much God loves you? You start taking that Bible, your Holy Bible, you start opening up, and you're going to read the words of life that come out of there, and it's going to build you up and encourage you. And, and, and God has designed all of us for hunger. And we all have hunger pains, don't we? We all have hungry pains. My wife, if she doesn't eat, she gets hangry. Any other women in here get hangry? I mean, they just get hangry. They like, oh, you're like, oh, well, did I hear that right there? Yes, I did. But what I realized after nine years of marriage is she hasn't eaten. 
She hasn't eaten. That's why, that's why she's without the fruit of the spirit right now. She just needs it. She just needs an omelet or something. Give this, give this woman something. And what she does, it's amazing. It's transformational. It's like the Holy Ghost just came up inside of her. Oh, hey, how's your day? There you are. There's the woman I married. You know, and, and it's fascinating, too. I just, just a side note is, isn't it amazing how, how women are the ones who get hangry, but men don't get that hangry? You know, it's like, it's like men could just be tough. And I think it's, it's why, why women love the word of God even more so. It's why they, they need the word of God because they just go to the word of God because they realize when they're hungry. Men have a hard time realizing when they're hungry. They have a hard time. I can just go out throughout my day, work all day, forget I eat. You know, women can't do that. But men do that, and I think that's true. And so I want to bring a parallel of this. Is, is our physical hunger is directly parallel to our spiritual hunger. It's directly paralleled, and I believe that, that us, if we're going to be strong Christians, fully devoted followers of Christ, living out this, that, that we need to eat, and we need to eat the word of God. If you, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, we should turn there this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you. Testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you should keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That we live by the word of God. That's how we live. Uh, when the Israelites were in the desert, you may or may not remember this, they were hangry. They were hangry, and they were complaining to God. They were constantly going around and, and wondering why, why, where is God? Has he forsaken them? They were so hungry, and God gave them manna. And, and manna came in the morning, and it was collected in the morning. But if you kept it till, till the next day, it would waste away, right? It would be full of maggots. And that was because it was this daily dependency on God. And that's what God's been teaching us, a daily dependency to, to walk in the ways of Jesus and to spend time with him. And I sometimes just want to store up tokens, you know, like, like a bank account. Oh, if I tell my wife I love her five times today, then I don't have to tell her the rest of the week. Right? It, it doesn't work that way. I have to tell her every day that she is the most amazing woman in the entire world. And it's the same with our walk with God is, is you can't store up tokens. You can't store up a bank account with God. He, 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 it's a relationship. It's very relational, and you know it. And although there's grace, and although there's all that, and although he's never going anywhere, he's going to be right there when you turn around. He, he's constantly there. It, it, it's one of those things he wants a daily walk with you, doesn't he? He wants a daily walk. And, and these hunger pains that we have for God, the hunger pains we have for his word, for the kingdom, the, the hunger pains we have, did you know that those are God-designed and God-given? Those are God-given, that, that God has allowed you to hunger. He has allowed you to, to hunger for his word because in that hunger, in those pains, that we, that we run to him and we want more of him where we truly find out where he is. And I find this to be so true that the, the mystery of God is in the more. I, I find this when I talk to people a lot, they, they go, man, I just, there's something I'm missing. Have you ever heard that? Maybe you heard that in a, 
a Bible study, a connect group, maybe you heard it at Starbucks or maybe at church, missing something. I find the thing that we're missing is found in the mystery of God that can only be found when we start to feast on his word and start to feast on who he is. And that's where you find the thing, the void, the, the, the mystery is fulfilled in the presence of God. And I find that in this mystery of God, we don't want to do the hard work for a good meal. I noticed that to be true. I don't like cooking, to be honest. It, it takes a lot of time. Uh, I love the fast food industry. And when I was in high school, I loved the fast food industry. You get 55 minutes for lunch. You have to drive there as quickly as possible, breaking as many laws as you can to get there, order from Burger King dollar menu, you know, and, and try to get out there and back to school as quickly as possible. Now, if you're really cool, you were like five minutes late. You know, it's all right. You kind of walk slow, you know, but the whole time you're like speeding. And then when you get there, you start walking slow. But anyway, I remember having maybe $20 a week for lunch, sometimes $5 a week. And so I would go to Burger King, the, the dollar menu, the, the Hershey's pie. You know, the Hershey's pie is like the best thing, the, the untold secret of the Burger King dollar menu. Man, I love that thing. It is so tasty. I could get fries and a pie and be satisfied. It was awesome. And, and But the truth is, and we know this, is if you start eating a bunch of junk, you're going to fill it. In fact, there's documentaries on it. But what if I ate this stuff, this cheap, convenient food daily? What would be the product of my life? And, and we see the results. Bad flesh, y'all high blood pressure, um, you feel like you're on your deathbed. You literally feel like you're like walking grease. Does anybody feel like that? And, and then that's what happens with fast food. And that's what we want oftentimes with our Christian walk. We want a fast food Christian walk. We, we want to eat God's word quickly. We'll, we'll show up to the fourth song of worship and we'll be like, oh, I just need really one song, you know, for worship. And, and then during the message, we start texting our friend and start whispering in the service. It's, it's all right. I, I heard this one before. Hunger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good, too. You know, I heard that one before. So we do that. We, we, we start doing that, and, and we realize that we start cheapening the process. And then we get our Bible app, and our Bible app produces our daily verse of the day. Boom, right there, popped up in my quick notification. Read it. All right, good. Thanks, God. You know, and we go. And, and I'm not downplaying that because we're all in different walks and different parts of the journey. And some of you, we made this a safe place where you can come to the last worship song. And you can text your friend right now. And, and you can do those things. And, and you can read that verse of the day. And I'm going to tell you that that's part of the journey. That's part of what God has you on. But if you're only doing that and you stay there, you're going to be unhealthy spiritually. You're going to be an unhealthy Christian. And my question is, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied in your walk right now? Are you satisfied with your relationship with God? In Isaiah 55, 2, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for what that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food that, that we would not quickly be satisfied. That all of us has this insatiable hunger inside of us. All of us are hungry. All of us long to, to feed. All of us long to do that. And I just, I think so many times we see this in the Christian walk. 
So many times we see this. We see this in the story of Jacob and Esau. Maybe if you don't remember the story, Esau was going to get the blessing. He was the firstborn child. And the firstborn always got the blessing. They're, they're the ones carrying it out. They're the ones who's supposed to walk with the inheritance and have the inheritance trusted to them to take care of the rest of the family. But, but when things are handed to you and they come easily, you can easily become arrogant. What about somebody who is naturally gifted? They have all the charisma in the world. They, they have all the talent in the world. They, they can sing like Celine Dion didn't even try. You know, they, they just hit it, right? They have all of it. But if it came easy to you, then what happens is you can find yourself becoming maybe a little arrogant again. And your arrogance or your pride will always leave this place where you think you can provide the food. Always leave this place where you are your own provision. And, and, as a, and the more prideful you get, the easier it is to not care about the things that God has given you. Is he entrusted you with? Adam and Eve did this in the garden. They, they gave their birth right away. And we see that with Esau as he comes in from hunting all day. And as he's out there hunting, he's famished. He's exhausted. And, and he would do anything for a meal. You know this, right? You worked all day. You skipped a dinner. And then you come home. And all you want to do is eat. And you didn't even kiss your wife hello. You know, you're just like, man, just give me that food. You didn't pray. Oh, no, I forgot. Sorry. Like when you're, when you're hungry like that, you start striving and start moving. And Esau, what he did is he sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of soup. A bowl of soup. He's, he, he traded his inheritance. He traded the firstborn blessing. He traded all that for a bowl of soup. Why did he do that? Well, you and I have done the same thing. You and I do the same thing as a broken people separated from God. We traded in our birthright. And now it's this place of realizing where is our birthright? Where is Jesus? And how do we rest in him? Ecclesiastes 6-7 says, All the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. And we can't satisfy this on our own desires or the way that we do life. St. Augustine says this, that basically we all have a hole or a void. He says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our heart is restless. We're constantly longing and we're constantly trying to satisfy this. We're constantly cheapening it and going to the dollar menu and we're constantly going out on the weekend or doing whatever it is that we think satisfies our soul. And it's idle after idle after idle. And it's all these things that we're trying to fill in the gap, trying to fill in the void. But only Jesus satisfies. He satisfies and he sustains. John 6 says this, verse 33. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That in Matthew 4, 4, he says this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That this is how we live. We live by the words that Jesus speaks. You see, in John chapter 1, Jesus says that he is the word. He is the Logos. We read about that. He is the word. He is the one who breathed 
and wrote the Bible. It is his words, and that's the words we hang on to. And it's why we can come to Jesus and eat and be satisfied, because he is the one who has birthed all of our dreams, all of our desires, all of our purpose. He is the one. And there are four things that, that a healthy spiritually diet produces and gives. And the first one is found in Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. He is the one who revives our soul. Who revives it? Jesus does. He's the one who constantly revives it. If you're wondering why you feel so dead and empty, it's because you're hangry. It's because you're hangry because you haven't been spending time with him. If you start spending time with him, you find yourself getting fulfilled and filled up. And God starts putting newness inside of you. He is the one who revives your soul, revives all of it. And if, if your soul is lacking, just open up the word. And it doesn't take much. I, I know I made fun of, um, made light of the one verse a day, but that's really all it takes is you read one verse a day and you find that being life to you and it starts reviving your soul and you read it and you read it and you read it. And just think about this. Close your eyes if you would. Let's meditate on this. The law of the Lord is perfect. lacks nothing. It's reviving your soul. The testimony of the Lord, who he is, is sure, makes wise and simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. Revive our soul. That's what he does. He's reviving your soul. He's always good. His precepts, his commandments, nothing lacking. Always faithful, always loving kindness. He's gentle. He's peace. Peace, always peace. In Psalm 119, 105, it says this. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So as you eat of God's word and you meditate on this holy Bible, he is directing your path. How many know we need, we need our path directed, don't we? We need our path directed. I, I hate being lost. And I'm yet never lost because I'm a guy. Guys don't get lost. Right? In fact, guys always say this. I've got this. I've got this. No, I don't need directions. I don't need your GPS. Babe, I got this. I've been there before. I know how to get there again. I just need one time. Just one time. And it's in here. Still trapped. I've got this. You know? And, and I think about that. It, it, you start looking at your wife as she says, you don't have this. And then you confidently say, I've got this. But in your mind, you may be like, I don't know if I really have it. But I think I've got this. I remember being on a farm in West Texas out on the cotton fields. 
I was out there visiting my friend. We were playing games and it's such an experience if you've never been on a farm like that. And, and it was awesome. We had a great time. It was 11 o'clock at night, and it was pitch black outside. And, and I remember um, them giving me directions on how to get out of the farm. And, and as they're giving me directions, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I'm thinking about other things, not really listening. Like, man, I came here. I know how to get out. And they're telling me, telling me, telling me, I've got this. I remember driving, and as we're leaving the field, I remember getting lost, man. I remember going left and then right and then left. And I don't remember it just like a horror film. It just starts narrowing in, and, and you're getting like, Oh, man, what's out here? You start seeing the abandoned buildings of who lives there. You know, like, like what's going on? Every shadow starts freaking you out, and you start hearing things. Like, you start hearing things out there. There's nothing out there, but you start hearing noises. Like, all of a sudden, the crickets are louder and, the, and everything, and you start hearing the rattling of your, of your muffler, and you're like, this is, this is crazy, but I got this. I got this. Don't worry. And for an hour and a half, I drove around, and I could see the highway. I could see the lights. I could see the cars. And I'm like, I got this. I'm going to get there. I'd go. There's a dead end. There's the highway. Here I am. All right. And then I'm in a Mazda, and so I can't go off-roading. So this is crazy. So I turn around and go around. And, man, like two, two and a half hours later, I called it, 1.30 in the morning. I don't got this. I don't got this. I'm lost, and I need help. And I remember he found me in like 15 minutes. 15 minutes he found me. He led me out. Man, I was back on the highway. I was free. And it was awesome. But I think we do that in life. We do that in life, don't we? We do that in life where we, we think we've got it. But we really need our Apple Maps. We really need to listen. We really need to stay in tune with Jesus. We really need to be where he is. And he will direct your path. God is the greatest Apple Maps. He's the greatest Google Earth. He's the, the greatest thing that you'll ever need or ever want. And consult him. These words have life. They have truth. They're going to direct your life. And also, this healthy diet, it teaches, corrects, and trains us. How many want to leave out the correct part? The rebuke part. Just teach me to train me. You know, don't, don't rebuke me. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And it actually trains us. If you want to know how to walk this out, then read the word. If you want an, an examination on your life of how you're doing, read the word. It will correct you, rebuke you, encourage you all in one quiet time. You're like, whoa, man, all in one quiet time. I got all that. That was like hurtful and painful, and yet I'm built up. I'm ready to move out. You know, that's how it works. That's how it works. That's, that's what the word of God does. It starts doing that. starts giving you that. starts training you and, and starts correcting you. We need that. It also satisfies Psalm 635, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. That the word of God completely satisfies you. Is there anybody in here unsatisfied with their life? Is anybody in here like falling short in their life? Falling short, they thought maybe they'd be at a different place. Or maybe what they thought happiness was is fleeting and it's gone. Are you satisfied if not, spend time in his word. 
spend time in his word. And what we do when we take all this spiritual nutrition and when we start eating the word of God and when we start making our diet, then, then what we do is sometimes we can lean the other way and we start becoming spiritual hoarders. Have you ever seen that show Hoarders where you start hoarding everything, you start keeping everything, can't let anything go, like can't give anything away? Some of us do that in our Christian walk where we become spiritual hoarders, where we start reading the word and we become, we can become hearers of the word, as James says, but not doers of the word. And that's what we find ourselves doing. We start eating and eating and eating and going, oh, man, it's a good revelation. I can't tell everything. Oh, man, that's good. Thanks, God, for encouraging me, building me up. But, you know, God has given you an appetite and he's allowing you to eat so that you can share his word with others. So that you can start sharing his word and giving his word away that you would start making disciples, that you would start taking somebody through purple book so that you would start living this out beyond these walls. And we need to quit being spiritual hoarders in this house. And it's hard for us. I do it as a pastor. Man, I get that quiet time. I'm like, oh, that's good right there. That's good. I got saved that for five weeks. I can't tell the church about that one for five weeks. I can't post on anything on Facebook because if I let it out there and then I'll say it again and then that's just redundancy and nobody wants that. <laughs> so, so I'll keep stuff, you know, keep it, keep it. And then it keeps me from sharing with my wife. It keeps you from sharing with your husband, sharing with your kids about what you've been eating, about how God's been building you up, about how he's been revealing himself. Maybe it's touched a wound that you're not ready quite to talk about, but he wants you to. Because that's where you're going to find the complete freedom. That's what he wants for you. That's why he's revealing himself to you. It's not just for you. It's for the others around you. For the others you do life with. I have a friend, Dylan, and when we go eat, man, I hate sharing with him. I hate sharing with him. Here's why. Because he doesn't know what a proper etiquette is of sharing. You know, it's like, it's like half a spoonful, you know, is legitimate sharing. Not like get the ice cream scoop, you know, and take it off your plate and eat the whole thing. And you're like, dude, I'm just left with this little, you know, like quit eating everything. He's like, hey, can I have some of that? No, man, not today, bro. <laughs> no, truth is, is some of us don't like sharing. And when we share with people, they're taking so much, you know, it costs you something. You know, it hurts a little bit. You didn't get to eat as much as you wanted. You know, I, I love an hour with Jesus every day. I, I love it. Like, not, not boastful. I just, I need that time, like me time and Jesus, an hour. But, you know, when you have kids and a wife, sometimes I got to take five minutes and let them have 55 minutes. Sometimes I have to share with them and, and bring them into my quiet time and bring them into the process. Sometimes I have to give out and give out and give out. And I feel like I won't have enough. But here's the good news. And here's a promise. He never runs out. He never runs out. You know what's crazy is dealing, taking this huge scoop. All I had to do is tell the kitchen I need another dessert. That's all I had to do if I wanted more. God never runs out. His supply never runs out. And so as you're giving away, I just want to tell you, the truth is, you're not going to run out. He constantly has plenty to eat. He constantly has plenty to eat. That was the story of the Israelites in the desert with the manna, that if, if they ate 
of that one day, and they needed to keep it for the next day because they may run out. Uh, it's like a poverty mentality where you're going to run out so you can't give, you know? And the truth is, is that God has everything, more than enough. And you can give as much as you want. You can give as much as he call, is calling you to give, I should say. Give as much as he's called you to give, and you will never run dry. Jesus says this to the woman at the well. Where there is water in me, it will never run dry. You are thirsty, but you will never thirst again because I'm constantly pouring out. I'm constantly giving more. The well does not go empty. We need to know that this morning. We want to see Jesus clearly. And we must, must start making the Holy Bible an appetite of our life. We must start eating his word and making it true. We must start getting in here. And all of the legitimate needs we have, because all of us have needs in here. You all have needs. You all have needs. Some of them your spouse is going to meet. Some of them your friends are going to meet. Some of them your kids are going to meet. Some of those needs are going to be met in those places. But ultimately, all your needs are met in God. And legitimate needs do not need to be met in, by illegitimate means. We don't need to be striving for things that aren't. We don't need to be trying to go out and pull. God's going to meet it right where he says he's going to meet. If you would stand with me this morning. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us this morning that we would have a hunger for God's word. And maybe you haven't made this a consistent pattern in your life of, of, of sitting down in the morning and sitting down daily and spending time with Jesus and making it a part of your everyday life. Then I want to pray that that would become a routine, a discipline that you so need in order to grow spiritually so that you can give what you don't have, right? You can't give what you don't have. You have to give what you have. You have to give what he's deposited. Jesus, we thank you for your church this morning. I thank you for Luminous. God, I thank you that we get to see Jesus clearly. And I thank you, Father, that you've given us the mantle, the leadership of San Antonio, God. You've given us this city, Lord. And I just pray, God, that we as a church would start feeding on the word of God, that we would start spending time in your presence, that you are more than enough. And where we are hungry, God, you will satisfy completely. And we're not going to be a bunch of Christians walking around hangry. We're going to be a bunch of Christians ready to give, ready to give, ready to give, ready to give, ready to give. Lord, I pray, God, that we would be so satisfied in you that it would come out of the overflow of who we are. Jesus, I thank you for your church this morning. Would you bless this church? Would you touch this church? Would you touch your people? We love you in Jesus' name.